Hi friends, I am really thankful for this week's timing. I'm thankful for this Memorial Day message with my new friend Tammy Emley and uh, she is a restoration and confidence coach and unfortunately an expert in grieving uh, and she'll share all about that today of her experiences with grief and I know that this week our hearts are also tender full of grieving for the families in Buffalo and Olveda and um, you know it's hard to put words to it and it's hard to know what to say but there's no doubt that this is a time for change and and we as a people are unified in our desire for these attacks to stop and and sometimes you know the issues do feel too big and out of reach from our control and it feels like what can I do what action can I take that doesn't feel small and empty and I've thought about it a lot and um, I just feel like one thing that we can do is grieve well and give others permission to grieve just in all of life just making space for the hard things making space to have weakness and needs and connection and and just being there for one another maybe you know softening some of those heartaches a little bit for each other you know in every circumstance we have a decision to make with God or without him and life is full of moving parts and seasons seasons of highs and lows joys and sadnesses but we always have a choice of how we will respond and talking to God about this and all the things in our life is the best first step and it will open doors for moving forward so surrendering our hearts and coming to God all honest and raw opens us up for love to flood that hurting spot surrendering our hearts brings peace it brings an inner grounding that allows us to process all of the moving things that are on the surface um, it's how we lean on God it's how we trust him and and allow him to be our comforter allow him to be our provider in all things and we in this community are people who can live well we can grieve well because we're connected to god and we're connected to each other so i encourage you to reach out if you need someone to talk to as you process all of these things going on right now you're definitely not alone um so in this episode You'll hear me start crying as soon as Tammy starts talking. Uh, this whole episode is free therapy, you guys. Like, it is slam-packed with godly truth, also with science, and a few baby sounds inserted. <laughs> also, I do use the word IV, and it's so Southern you won't even understand me. So if you get to that part and you're like, what did she say? That's what I said. Uh, oh, well. Um... I can't wait. This So later in the episode, you'll hear us talk about the fears that we are able to identify using the Enneagram and then using neuro, re, neuro coaching to rewrite the narratives of our minds. And it's just so awesome. It's so, so good. Um, so I can't wait. I'm excited to share this with you. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the whole thing. I'll see you in the Facebook group. 
Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Thank you so much for having me. I've, I've been excited about this since you reached out and I was like, this is, it, it's a good connection. I love hearing your story and, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you and, and seeing how I can help your listeners. Um, so for me, I grew up as an Air Force brat. I me moved, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yay. I knew we liked each other. <laughs> so with that, like I've moved every three years, my entire life and I loved it. Um, I got to travel to some crazy places. I lived overseas for majority of my childhood. I, um, I lived in Japan for elementary school, Italy for middle school and England for high school. (laughs) And uh, yeah. And I, so I, I grew up with an extraordinary life. And I, I met my husband in high school and, you know, I, I got to marry my high school sweetheart. We both decided to join the air force and, you know, we, things were going well. We, he was a, a fighter pilot and I was in communications and things were, things were going and it was time to start a family. And so, um, we have, we had our son and at that point I got out of the air force just so we can. Um, create the family that we really wanted. He his one of the first things that I remember is that he always wanted kids. Like he wanted them before I did. Like it was just, he wanted to be a dad so bad. And I mean, it was, it was so good. So we, he, him being a pilot, we, he was gone a lot and well, we, so we just popped out two kids and things are great. My son, um, was, four at the time. And, and my daughter was two and he was going on his first deployment. Now we, I had deployed before, so it was nothing new. He had been, um, been away on travel, which we call TDY has been to a lot of exercises and different things. So it was nothing out of the ordinary, but for some reason, this one felt a little different for us. And we thought, we thought it's because of the kids, this is the first time that either of us have been gone for six months, um, after we had kids. And so we, we prayed and we, uh, and I sent him off, sent him off. Um, it was an amazing thing. One of the things that the spouses get to do when, um, we send our fighter pilots off to, off to war is we get to go and stand at the end of the runway and we, at, you know, at like midnight. So it's, you can barely see anything except for you see the full afterburners as they fly off. And it's just that feeling of pride that's in your heart that you're just, you know, like they're going to do good things. They're going to go and make a difference and protect our country. And they're doing what they're trained to do. And I totally know that feeling. I've sent my dad off many times and right. And it is a, your heart just, I mean, all the commercials and anytime you see soldiers, it just stirs up all of those pride mixed with hard. Yes. With like, there's anticipation of, you know, there's excitement and then there's sorrow in there too. But then most of it, it's like, when you know the person 
that you're sending off and you know, the people, because it's all your friends and everything too. It's just that pride does take over and you just, you feel so good about, about what's happening. That's right. And, um, um, my, my kids and I, we went up to um, Boise, Idaho, about an hour away. And we spent the day, um, at a, at my son's, my best friend, my, well, she's my best friend now. Um, but we got to know each other because of our kids, mm-hmm. but, um, my son's best friend's birthday party. So he was turning four. And so we went to a play place and, you know, when you have toddlers, like your goal is to wear them out by nap time. <laughs> so they sleep. Right. And so that was, you know, that's all morning. We played them hard. And I remember driving home and just thinking, okay, let's get the, I got to get these kids fed. And then they are, na- it's nap time. So yeah. I can take a break. <laughs> and I, um, I get them in the garage closes, the kids run into the kitchen and I start to, to do the things. And all of a sudden I got a knock on the door and I'm nothing ordinary. <laughs> Uh, you know, we have, you know, neighbors. And so I, I opened the door and there's three strange men um, standing in uniform at my door. Okay. And I even told myself at the time, I was like, oh, something really good must have happened. And, but clearly I, I knew I, being in the military myself, I helped, I helped <laughs> that uh, it's, yeah, it, it's not something that you expect. It was two weeks and eight hours after my husband left that he was killed in action. Oh and my gosh. at that point I had a two and a four-year-old and I fell to the ground and all I hear is mommy, I'm hungry. Mommy, 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 why are you crying? Mommy, what's wrong? And I have these, these men looking at me and being like, do you need to call someone? And I'm like, yeah, like I need to talk to my husband. <laughs> like that's, that's who I need to talk to. Um, at that time, I, you know, luckily my friends were all in the car cause we were all driving home. And so I called, um, I called a friend and just to get here. And, um, within, within about 30 minutes, I had people surrounding me and I'm still trying to figure out what was going on. And yeah, but I knew my life was never going to be the same. I remember falling to the ground and, I remember God put his hand on my shoulder. So this is going to be really hard, which complete understatement, by the way, it is way more than really hard, uh-huh. but he said, this isn't going to ruin you. This is not, I'm not going to leave you and this will be used for good. And at the time I didn't understand. And I'm like, how could this be used for good? But I also felt that, that I wasn't alone in this and I had people and, and honestly, I look back at my life and how he prepared me for that moment and what I'm doing now. And I realized that how big our God is like how amazing he is (laughs) and how it's, yeah, he's such a good God. He did not leave me in any of that. And he, he did. I look back at the ways that he's prepared me, the friends that I had, the, the, the things that I knew how to do and just the, the, how, change was a constant in my life and hard was a constant in my life. Yeah. So I knew that we would be okay. Wow. Even in that moment, like it's, it's you already felt the presence of God and already and yeah. knew he was with you. Oh man, that's powerful. It's, I'm so sorry, Tammy. I, I know it's been, so that was what, 10, 10 years ago, we just passed our 10 year heavens day mm-hmm. and it has been a ride. My, my kids are 14 and 12 now. And 
with all intensive purposes, like we are doing well, we are doing good. We chose healing. We chose, there's two paths you can take. You can take the, the path with God and you can take it without him. And mm. in the circumstances you have, you have to choose. And I chose with God and I knew, right. um, and the biggest thing is, is I had already built a relationship with him through all of this. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt his hand on me from even as a young child, I, I, I didn't do everything right. I didn't know what it meant to have a real relationship with him, but I knew he was there. And, right. and then with that, that I honestly, that's how we did it is we chose God and let mm-hmm. him heal us and guide us. And, mm-hmm. um, and then and the decisions I knew that the, I could have made the easy choices and gone down a road that not would not get us to where we are. But I knew that I wanted more for my kids. I wanted health that I wanted healing and I wanted them to grow up knowing that circumstances don't control you, that you get to decide what circumstances, um, how they affect you and that they're not your whole story, but they're part of it. And you get to shape that. One of my favorite things that you wrote in your bio on your podcast. So you are a podcast host. I I think we've said that, um, it's called her restored spirit. Right. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, you said my loss is not the center of my story. And I wanted to hear about that and just how, how you came to learn that. Um, and just what did it look like choosing joy and going through grief and how does that happen? Yeah. Well, and that is, that is something that it's, it's become such a theme in my life. Um, as you know, you know, growing up military change, your story is, is, I don't, I don't want to say rewritten, but you start a new chapter every time you move every time things change and you take pieces of it with you that you want to. And that's when you are grieving a loved one, when you, I, that moment, that moment that I got the news that I lost my husband, it was, I felt the, the world from under me crumble. I felt that my foundation that I have built and, um, and, and even my relationship with Christ, like even all of that, like it started to break in that. I don't know what I don't know. I, and grief is all encompassing. I, I lost my, my, my best friend. I lost my husband. I lost my kid's father. Um, I lost my culture, um, being in the military my entire life. Um, I lost my hopes and dreams and the life that we were planning together. And I, I felt like I lost so much because of the grief and I couldn't see, I couldn't see a way forward. Um, I couldn't see more than a day ahead of me. I, I couldn't see, I didn't have five-year plans at that point because what was the point when they could just disappear in a moment? And one of the things as I, well, I, I am a, a lifelong learner. I love to know things. I love to understand it. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this grief thing, like I am going to do it. I'm going to get in and I'm going to get out. And this is going to be <laughs> like, I don't want it to hurt anymore. I just, are you a five? No, I'm a one. A one. I'm a, okay. I'm a, yes. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Like there's the right way to grieve and I'm going to find it. I'm going to do it perfectly. And that's right. And it's going to be, yeah. And, um, and no, I didn't do it perfectly, but 
you know, sometimes on the outside, it may have looked that way. And, but I fought for my healing. Um, But by doing that, I, I went to grief therapy. My grief therapist, bless her heart, um, had never actually lost anybody. And so, yeah, she, she was um, a marriage family therapist and she had never, I asked her, I'm like, okay, what you're telling me, like, I don't know what grief therapy is. I was like, but this can't be it. Like, have you lost anybody? And she's like, well, I lost my grandma. I'm like, everybody loses their grandma. I mean, (laughs) I, I am so sorry for your loss, but I lost my husband and I am 32 years old. Like I, Mm -hmm. he, he was my world and my kids world, and, and not the same, not the same. Right. And so in any grim one fashion, um, I was like, okay, well, clearly I need to be a therapist. So like I, I went to school and became a marriage and family therapist and like, I am. I love that's that. right. That is what I did because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And, and I can, I can see now all the ways that God like tapped me into place and taught me what I needed to, to learn and, and gain <laughs> compassion and grace for myself and for others. And, um, I did, I, I did that. And I did a lot of grief therapy with, um, with men and women and I, I loved it, but it wasn't quite right. And so as I'm going through this, as, as I, as I am developing my story and looking at, and I mean, in therapy, when, when you are going through a therapy program, you are your first client, you dig so deep into all of your mess and you do it in front of all your classmates, like your cohort. And we had our, you know, our cohort, we we stayed together. There's a few of us who actually through the whole program. So we knew each other well. And um, yeah, for three and a half years, you pour out and, and they called you out and you had to deal with all of your junk. And, and, you know, and I did the same for them. Right. It was intense. It was intense. And through that, I started to realize that these, that the difference between those who heal and those who stay like stuck in the raw grief and those who not only live, but thrive are the ones who got to make choices that they decided for themselves, what they were going to take with them, how things were going to change um, for them and for others. But they really took ownership in everything that they went through. And that's one of the, the reasons why this growing through your story and that the loss is not the center of my story. It's part of it. It's a huge part of it. It's definitely a big knob in my story. And I joke that I keep my grief in my fanny pack because once you have it, you don't put it down. Like it's always going to be part of you, but it doesn't have to consume you for so long. I thought that I had to keep my grief held so tight. So that way I wouldn't I wouldn't lose that connection. The connection I had with Jesus at that time, it was, I needed him in such a personal deep level. And I was afraid of losing that and changing that relationship. The memories of my husband, I did not want to lose those. And, and you know, how time as time passes, you lose memories and things and, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll have triggers and things that bring them back up, but I didn't want to lose that feeling of connection. And so the more I held onto that the less I was able to really grow. I could start healing. I could put band-aids on. But when I started looking at my story as I get to be the center of the story 
and I get to decide each day which which way we go. Um, I you know every day is a new chapter. Every day is we write a little bit more. This it doesn't end with the grief. It also didn't begin with the grief. It began the day I was born, and probably even before then. You know, Jesus had a plan before any of us were were born. And so when you embrace that, that it is not just about what you're going through right now, then you're really able to see how the things that you've been through, they paint a picture for you and they, they add flavor and they add depth of character, but you get to choose how you use that. You get to decide what you take with you and what you get to set down and you can, you can still hold on to your grief and you can live your life. And you can even more than that, but you can thrive. Wow. That is huge. Should come as just huge relief to so many people. Such hope. So give me an example of what you would take with you. What does that mean? Yes. So take with me. Um, One of the things that I, empathy has always been, it's, it's one of my top strengths in Clifton Strengths Finder. And it's always been a part of my life. But one thing that I didn't really see is empathy through their eyes instead of my own. And that's one of the things that I take with me now is when I'm listening to someone's story, when I'm listening to someone share what they've been through, I can empathize and I can take myself out of the story and, and I don't have to put it on me. I can really see it through their circumstances and I can and I can have that compassion for the things that they've been through and the grace and, and I can give them grace and love and, and it doesn't have to, well, it doesn't have to burden me and at, being a therapist and being a coach and, and doing what I do. Um, and you see so many times people will listen to stories and they, they embody the story that they're listening to. And one of the things that I've learned is I can give compassion. I can give grace without holding or bringing up even my own fears and things like I can really be present for them and I can see God's hand in all of that, but it doesn't have to weigh me down. And so that's one of the things that I've taken with me. And, and I feel like it's, you know, like I said, depth of character and I can see other people for who they are instead of who I want them to be. Would you say that's just a true reflection of a healed heart of yeah, of, I allowing I would, God or knowing or having a confidence or an assurance that you are settled in love and your identity is. Oh, absolutely. I think that that is, and that's the beautiful thing is when you go through something really big and you choose God and you wrestle with him and let him bring insights and bring and guide you and, and mold you and, you know, refine you through all of that. He shows you parts of you that you didn't even know existed. He shows you some glimpses of what he has in store for you. And then you get to choose to, to embrace it and take that on, or you can choose a, you know, if, if you're not quite ready, you can choose to hold on to that and just sit for a little while. And he's okay with either. And so, yeah, I, I think that that is an example of, and it's not just something that I can do. It's not something that it's special for me. It really is that reflection of allowing God to restore your heart and restore your spirit and, and just push, propel you forward. That's amazing. And 
It's so cool. And so would you say your biggest, I guess, tool maybe, or avenue through navigating that was almost, it sounds like going to school and having to face it. (laughs) Yes. Like you're thrown in the fire, really. Yes. So maybe it's just that honesty and having to write it out or share it, like it created connection for you or. I think that it, um, yeah, that is a, it's absolutely the one thing that I've learned. And this is actually part of my recent podcast episodes is the fact to fast track your healing. You do have to face it. You cannot avoid it and you can't, there's no shortcut. There's no, you have to dive through. That's right. You have to pull up all of the things that it's, and it's not fun. It is not, it is not fun to do, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to do it by yourself. Like God's there. You have support systems. You have people to reach out to, but yes, like it is by facing what you're going through and, and acknowledging your feelings as an Enneagram one, like I, it's not, I don't want to be angry about things because anger is bad while going through my therapy program and realizing that anger is actually a natural emotion. Well, I've been avoiding it my whole life Mm -hmm. and, and realizing how angry that I really have been. And even to the point where I'm like, God, I'm angry at you Mm -hmm. and realizing that it's okay. He was actually waiting for me to tell him that that's right. Do it. And by telling him he can handle it. And in fact, so good. It is. The key is, is that when you stop talking to him, that's when the healing stops. That's when the, and like, he can handle all of your emotions. He created the emotions. And so, yeah, that was, that's what I did is I, I dove into it and I faced it all the ugly, all the, the hard, all the beautiful, and really got to see how he shaped me. And then it is just amazing to see, um, just how he wants to use you. And I really believe that he does that for everybody. I do too. I was just imagining, um, I was telling you before we started that I went on a trip back into my past basically. And I had to drive through the night and had a real bad storm. And God spoke to me in that place and said, like, there is someone on the other side of this who needs to see your scars. And, and it just made it feel worth it to, go through the dark. And it, that was a very scary storm for me, but it also was just such a reflection of what I was kind of embarking on in my journey was learning to walk through the dark and recognizing that that's part of the journey and that that's where God can meet me because God has shown me his character that he's not, he's patient. He's not going to force me to heal. He's not going to force me to face anything. He's not going to force me to give him permission to work in my life. But when I come honestly, whether it's full of anger or hurt or disappointment, which it was all of those things, then, then he can say, Oh, now I can meet you there because you opened that space for me and surrender. And, um, I didn't even know that's what I was doing. Um, no, you but, don't. And I think that's a reason like, he doesn't share that because I think it's scary realizing that when you open up all of those doors and you're so vulnerable with yourself and with him, that it's, we fight it. We don't, but that's what we need. It's almost like when we start doing that, he's like, okay, now we can begin. <laughs> now we can do this, that we have something to work with. It's 
pliable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like just talking out loud. I told you every time I tell my story, I learned something new about it. And this is exactly the same thing. It's just uncovering another layer of what was happening. The action that, you know, I thought I was going to practice telling my story. That was kind of a little tricky way I got going in some movement, but the movement is what allowed God to move, right? The action allowed him to meet me in that space. And so sometimes we just have to take the only step we know to take. Yes. We're not going to know where we're going or the whole picture, but. No, it's, and that's the part because I, because I wanted to know where I was going to end up. I wanted to see the, the finish line because I wanted, I wanted the pain to go away. I wanted the life to happen. I, um, but even with that, just as much as I wanted the pain to go away, I also learned to appreciate the pain because I felt alive and so many people do. And, and another, another way that you can take it with you is realizing that, um, the, the movie inside out, I'm sure you've seen it and joy and sadness are best friends. You, you can't have one without the other. And when I realized that that's what life and grief really is, is holding on to joy's hand and holding on to sadness at the same time and still walking. And it, my son, he was, um, probably under seven and, and he said it so beautifully. We were walking on in Disney and he's like, mom, he's like, it's so crazy because I'm so happy and I'm so sad at the same time and sad because our last family trip was a, you know, going to Disneyland with my husband and he had those memories, but then also happy because here we are again. And, and through all of this, because as well as I chose the hard to heal myself, I also chose the hard to make sure my kids were being healed. And which means that all of those, all of those hard topics, all of those questions and conversations that we want to avoid, I told myself I was not going to allow myself to avoid them. So when they had questions and, and I would seek out help for them and how to heal them and help them grow. And, and it is, it's that happiness and sadness that you get to walk with and, but the thing is, is that because of the sadness, the, the joy is so much brighter. And because of the joy, the sadness is so much easier and it's, you're thankful, you're grateful for that sadness. And it's, it's such a weird thing, but it, it's, wow. it's so beautiful. So because of the sadness, the joy is so much brighter. Yes. Tammy, whew, that is big stuff. That is big. How are your kids now? They're, they're great. They are, I mean, they are, um, one thing that's very interesting about grief and I won't go too much into this, but with kids, when they, when they lose somebody, when, um, when they enter grief, every developmental stage, they reprocess their grief from the beginning. So having a two and four-year-olds, we went through a lot of developmental stages. So we have reprocessed. And if you may, and if you realize this, that it, gives them an opportunity. This is why the same questions keep coming up because their brains are expanding and their worldview is expanding. And so they're, they're understanding at a deeper level, the freedom it gives for us as adults is that means if you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing, that's okay. Cause in about a year and a half, you'll get to do it again. And so by the end, you'll, you'll have it down. You'll have it right. <laughs> You've mastered, <laughs> You've mastered it for your kids. 
And and so they are, they are, um, they're kind, they're compassionate, they're able to sit with others in grief, which is a beautiful thing to see. And and I can see how God chose us. I, I don't believe he did this to us, but he, you know, he uses everything for good. And I can see how my kids and their grief stories are going to play a part in their life and how the compassion that they have other for others is, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. They are normal teenagers and they will cut you with their eyes, like, like nobody's business. But when push comes to shove and someone's grieving and there's like, and there's a child who just lost, you know, a friend or a parent or a grandparent, um, my kids immediately know how to speak to them and how to just sit with them. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. That is, it's such mingled. I mean, just me knowing how to respond feels complicated because I don't want that for them. And I know you don't want that for them yet. It is what they are facing. And so the fact that they can use it for life for others is a gift. Yeah. And I, I just, I just know that you know, as, as God has a plan for me, they ha- he has a plan for them as well. I just have, I keep having faces pop in my mind about who I want to hear this, you know, Thank you. and I just, it's so hard when you see people who are just drowning in grief and aren't able to grasp or find any kind of light that allows them to see the, see the usefulness or see how they can grow or heal, or just even believe that healing is possible. I mean, genuinely, how do you, do you have people that you've come across like that? And do you just share your story or what do you say to people like that when they need some true hope? Well, and, and honestly, that's, we see people every day. Like I, I, I define grief as, you know, for me, my grief story is losing my husband. I also, I lost my mom and, but for so many people, grief is so much broader than that. It's the loss of identity, loss of confidence. It's, you know, divorce when you're, when you, when you are divorced, you're not really allowed to grieve in society, like, because it's your choice and there was an action done and, Mm -hmm. and it's like, no, there's grief there. And so when I put on the lens of grief, when I went through it and, and honestly, I, I'm, I don't want to say I was ashamed of my life before, but until you go through something, you, you're not aware of how, you know, prevalent it is in the world. You how don't see it. Everyone is. Yes. And so when you, when you break, you all of a sudden can see people in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and, and yes, I, I, meet people all the time. Um, I have a, a weird, a weird thing. And which it happened to me, even when I was younger is people just come up and talk and share. And, <laughs> and I would hear people's life stories and I'm like, Oh, and I realize that the gift that, that God's given me is I can just help them see the hope and opportunities in their own stories. And I can just share and let them know that everything they're going through is okay. It is they're They're surviving the worst thing they've experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, who knows what the future holds and start to just like speak, speak life over to them. Life into that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And see, 
where their strengths are mm-hmm. and see that they are, that they have a beautiful life, that it's worth living. Mm-hmm. And just to sit and listen, not try to fix, not try to, to force any concepts on them or tell them what grief is like, but really just open my heart and, and hear them. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that a lot of times when people have that ability and have that um, permission to speak yeah. what's truly on their heart, then the healing begins at that point because they could hear their words. So it's all about just making space for that. It is make space and get comfortable with the uncomfortable because life is very uncomfortable. I like it is all, all these emotions, all of these, you know, grief is it's still, when I hear, hear stories, like my heart tenses up, my shoulders get tense and, and it's uncomfortable, but it's okay that it's uncomfortable. We can sit in that and we can, and share that experience. And by walking into someone else's uncomfortable, you're giving them the freedom to set some of it down, to, to take off some of their burden and just carry the weight together. I was about to say you're carrying their cross with them. And that's, that's sacrificial love, right? That's what Jesus does for us. Yes. And, and him in us allows us to be that with others and it is heavy, but if you give it to him and, and like you said, at the beginning, recognize that he's right there with you, cradling all of those hurts. That's what allows you to actually absolutely heal. Oh man, that's good. So what further steps did you take? Um, as you went through this process? Well, in true Enneagram fashion, like, again, I like to make (laughs) sure that I know what I'm doing. I, I like to make sure that I, I get it. And Um, one of the things that God has, he kind of shifted me out of therapy and which I was like, what, what, like that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but one of the things he showed me is the fact that people are not living. They they're allowing their grief and their story and their circumstances, their trials to, to halt their living, to like, um, paralyze them. And they, they just stay there. And with therapy, you work on what's happened. Well, a friend of mine introduced me into coaching and coaching is taking where you are and then helping you get to where you really want to be. Oh yeah. That's and so, so good. It is. Um, and yeah, it's just that, that forward movement. And one of the things that really propelled my healing is learning the Enneagram. I fought it. I took, I, I, I won't say the exact number of tests tests and assessments that I took simply because I didn't want to be an Enneagram one. I didn't want to be that perfectionist. <laughs> I think that's true right. for anyone though. Right. If you take the test, you're like, you just exposed all, all my secrets, all of it, all of it. <laughs> but then I started realizing that those fears, because grief turns into fear grief, you know, those, like my greatest fears came true where I lost my, my husband. I lost um, you know, our hopes and dreams, everything we were building crumbled in a day, crumbled in less than 10 seconds of just through his, his accident. And the Enneagram, by becoming aware of what my core fears were, I saw where my grief really heightened. I saw that that need to be good and that need to be 
to do things the right way. Well, here I am a single parent with two toddlers and I did not know what I was doing. And so I would, I would perform, I would act and I would strive to do things the right way. And all through this, you know, I held on to Jesus and we, I mean, the relationship that I built with him, I am so grateful for, but there's so many things that I realized later and that I was doing it because I was trying to just feel good again. And when I recognized that I was able to, to change that I was able to start looking at grace instead of performance and actions. I was able to um, go straight to the word and look for the, the exact things that I needed to hear the things that my husband was super encouraging. He knew, and it was in his very, I believe he was an Enneagram eight. So it was very curt and straightforward. Like, well, of course you can do it. You can do anything. Like it wasn't, wasn't very affirming, but it's still no in flowers. his way. <laughs> no flowers. Yeah. It's just like, of course you I can. believe in you. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and that was, you know, and, but that's where I, I had my foundation and that's, I needed that. Well, when I discovered that that's what I was missing and I was searching for, I was able to go directly to God for that. And he pointed out verses that I started to memorize and speak over and adapt to with my name in it and realize that he already says that. And so I didn't need to fear that anymore. So with, with that, the more I dove into understanding the Enneagram for myself, the more I realized and God pointed out that this there was so much there with the Enneagram and grief. And in, and if I was going to do this coaching thing, which then I needed to do it properly. I needed to know how to do it. And I was like, okay, well, everyone needs to know this. Everyone has fears. And if you can speak life into them, then healing can happen. And so I became an Enneagram coach. And again, I need to make sure I know what I'm doing. And the more I learned about that and realize how much freedom you got by just allowing those fears to, you got to respond to them instead of react. You got to choose and, and identify the fact that, oh, I'm acting in fear right now. This grief has touched on a fear point instead of just where I want to go. And I was able to adjust that and, and really dive into healing in a whole new way. Like Jesus showed up in a whole new way for me. And so I, I, pursued that. Um, and then the next step is because I, now that I know the fears, how do I get through that? How do I rewrite them? How do I not uh, have them control me anymore? There's so much power in knowing what you're facing. Like it's not as scary when you're able to label it and go, Oh wait, I know what this is. And I can, I have a tool for this. I have a tool. And it's also, um, so many people, they are afraid of like personality um, assessments and things because yeah. it puts you in a box. But with the Enneagram, it's the freedom that it hands you. It is yeah. now, you know, um, you can see how God created you, the fears that are innate to you. And then you go directly to him to fill those because another person can't. Yeah. And it almost feels like, wait a minute, I was made this way. Yes. It kind of yes. takes off some of the pressure that something's wrong with you or yes. that you did something wrong to cause this, but instead you recognize, wait a minute, this weakness, this thing that I perceive as a weakness is a part of who I am and can be useful when, yes, yes. when working through healing 
when well, well healed and in a healthy place. Exactly. And, and healing is a lifelong journey, but I realized all of these things me needing to understand and me needing to get smart on in different areas and really work through it myself and then see how I can help others. Like now I see, I'm like, okay, God, I see what you did there. Because yeah. if I, if I didn't pursue that, that goodness and knowing and the, the perfection granted, you know, I did it in an unhealthy way or unhealthy reasons, <laughs> but God uses that because now I have tools to teach others. I have tools that I could help others like instantly gain some understanding of, you know, you're, you're not as broken as you think. This is part That's of right. how God created you and your, your weaknesses are actually his strengths. Yes. And it's, it's ways to keep you humble, but it's also ways to propel you and make you real and allow him to use you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So what's the next, how did you oh, take yes. those, those and then use them? Yes. I love the, how you describe this. Yes. The next step is now that I identified it and it's like, okay, I don't want to be stuck with those fears anymore. There's gotta be a way there's gotta be a next step. Yeah. And so, and I found neuro coaching. So I have been like, even through my, my therapy program, like the, the whole concept of the brain is fascinating to me, mm-hmm. how you're a thought can completely change the chemistry in your brain. Like the fact that you can see a, a positive thought versus a negative thought, and you can, on a brain scan, you can, your brain is a different color <laughs> when you think those, like, it's just the power of that and how God made our brains. Phenomenal. I knew that there's something it is. It's, it just gets me excited. As you can tell, <laughs> like, I do think out about the brain yeah. and my, my kids are not as big a fan of it because I'm like, well, just understand that what this is doing to your brain right now. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You're building your addiction highway by playing a lots of video games. So just, yeah. you know, like they, they're not a big fan of it, but they will one day, That's but right. I, I love it. And I was introduced to Duro coaching. And so it's a, a scientific way of finding these stories, these subconscious stories that are not serving you anymore. And you break those highways, those um, thoughts and you actually get to create healthy ones, true ones, ones that are, are life giving. And you get to actually like, you're rewiring your brain yeah. for forever. And so with that realizing, okay, these fears and these stories and this grief, some of the, the lies that came out of grief, um, some of the lies that I had, that I had realized that I told myself is that I was, um, well, that I, I actually couldn't have like love, like it was hard to love me my friends, my family. It was that, um, I needed to protect myself and protect my heart from mm-hmm. opening that up again. And so I put blocks and like, even around my, I mean, I don't believe I did it around my kids. I loved them fully and allowed them to love me, but with my friends and, and my extended family, like I did put protection armor up and I didn't know how to tear it down. Like I, I made it strong as again, like it is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. It's full so fashion. That armor, that's right. It was, and God showed me how it was time to start tearing that down and opening up and being more vulnerable and allowing my heart to heal. And the only way to do that is by tearing down those protective walls hmm. and through neuro coaching. That's one of the ways that I've been able to do that for myself and also help others as well. And it's just fascinating how you get to actually rewire your brain. Like if you were Would on a brain s- scan, 
That's so, it's phenomenal. I Isn't love it, it cool? so much. Like, it's Would so you deep. say it's a fast thing? Like once you recognize the block and address it, would you say yes. it's a quick change? Oh my goodness. It is. It's phenomenal how quick it can change and, yeah. and through different processes. Cause initially, cause your brains are meant to keep us safe, not successful. And so it's going to stay in pain because it understands the pain you're in. It's like, we got this, we, we know what it's like. So even though you want to feel healed and you want to get on that journey, your brain doesn't understand it. Right. And so it's not program, right. It's, and it's going to keep you like, it's acting like that healing is a saber tooth tiger or is a (laughs) like anaconda instead of actually just going through the emotions and, and asking yourself some really hard questions yeah. that are not going to kill you. <laughs> like they're, it's not right. actually going to physically harm you emotionally. It's going to wear you out, but it's not sure. going to physically harm you. And so I think once you start practicing that and recognizing yes. what comes on the other side, you realize it's worth it. It's so worth it. Almost embrace it a little bit. Yes. Cause you realize that that momentary pain is really just that it's, it's a hardship. It's an energy that it, it sure it drains that energy, but it's really not as bad as yeah, well, like it's immeasurably that you're already exactly, exactly. It may be a, like a, an instant where it's a little bit harder, but then that relief on the other side. And sometimes we get to that, where we start to feel the, the harder pain than when we really have to face what we're going through and we retreat because it's too hard. What we don't realize is right on the other side of that, there's so much freedom and it's, it's just a, a, a beautiful thing. Mm, that's so much fun. <laughs> it is it's so crazy how we can talk about something so hard and consider it fun, but it is because it's so life-giving Yes, and the freedom that people have once they are willing to walk in truth is everything. And, right? and that, that is right there is how it becomes part of your story instead of the center of it. Like you, uh, you move through that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one time I, I know I keep shifting back to my own story, but no, please it's do. just so much fun to, to see it all together and the parallels. And one time I was driving to another place and God, I was very worried about rejection and just upset and beating myself up. And, and he said very clearly, almost audibly that's not your story. I am your story. Yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) That's so good. And that was one of those reprogramming moments that that was it, that moment meeting with him, him taking care of that for me and just loving me there and setting me straight. That reprogram was instantaneous. Yes. It can be that strong. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I was wrong. Now I know like love is my story. Love covers all the all things. Yes. All you the know? things it does. So, I wish we could just through IV, just give every, every person these things and this gift that you're given the world. And I love it all so much. Thank you. It's, <laughs> and, and that's the biggest thing is that there's nothing special about me, about the healing, about, you know, it's really, it's there for everybody. The one thing that was different is I chose to open my hand to it early through all of the, the pain and the hurt. And you're never too late 
It's never past. You're never too. It doesn't matter if you've been grieving for 30 years. If, if God's putting it on your heart today to start that healing journey, like don't avoid it anymore. Like it doesn't matter how long it's taking you to get here. Like choose today to do something different, to heal and allow him to restore you. Yeah. Mm. That's a good word, Tammy. That's so good. That's so good. Well, what, what do you do now? A couple things you talked about self-care and I loved this confidence hacks. Yes. Yes. So what are you, what are your daily things? What are you doing to take care of yourself and bring life? And- yes. Um, one of the biggest things is recognizing small wins when you're up. And this is for all parents, all moms, all women is sometimes we forget the daily things we do that are actually wins. Like there is sometimes that we, we don't, we get through the end of the day and we were exhausted and we're busy all day. We're like, I didn't accomplish anything. Well, one of the things through neuro neuroscience is realizing that when you tell yourself that you start to believe that, and you start to embody that, but when your brain loves to celebrate and it loves to reward itself and be rewarded. And when you realize that, wait a minute, what did I do today? Well, I actually did all of the dishes today. I, that is something, yes, I, I did exactly what I needed to do, or I did the laundry. I drove five hours for school sports, you know, like yeah. those are things that's like, I chose to spend time with my kids instead of worrying about cleaning the house. Like there's, you know, those things that you do, I sat with a friend and had coffee instead of worrying about getting something else done. You know, there's those wins that you have and you need to celebrate those. You need to write them down because there's going to be really hard days that if you get in the habit of writing three small wins a day, then when you're going through a really hard day about like there's, you know, and you feel lack of purpose, lack of meaning, lack of gratitude, you can go back and you can read those and see you're like, Oh, I really am making a difference and doing more than I realize. And you can give yourself grace. So that's one of the best things. And one of the things that I that I really love doing because it makes like, okay, I did what was important today. And today it, it was saying no to doing anything extra and just breathing with the kids, just sitting down (laughs) and relaxing, you know, like it's, it's okay because I chose that and I get to, yes, I get to do that. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure as you make that your practice, you almost can anticipate, wait, I'm going to get, yes. yeah, that's exactly what happens is your brains because you, it knows that mm-hmm. you're about to celebrate. So it is it's <laughs> looking for things. And all of a sudden three things turn into five into nine and two, you know, and you realize that some days you have these giant wins that, that were really small wins that were leading up to it. That if you did not recognize those small things, you would not be able to see how, you have changed in this big win that you just like mm-hmm. mastered that you just ex- got to celebrate. So, but yes, that's how our brain works is it loves looking for things when you program it to. Yeah. And you move in the direction of what you're looking to. So yes. that's so fun. Mm, I love that. That just creates happiness. It does. It does. Deal. Good deal. Well, Tammy, thank you for sharing all of these things. Yes. Thank you. I am feeling so inspired and so encouraged, which it's just shows the grace of God that we can take something so hard and we do, um, honor your husband and your family. Thank you for all of your sacrifices. Thank you. And the fact that 
you can speak of it with such grace is a testimony of the Lord and in your life. And so thank thank you. you for being brave and facing those things and giving it all away because it's definitely changing lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's definitely something that I, I realized that it is a gift to be able to share and it's such a privilege. So thank you for letting me come on and share this. Tammy, tell us where we can find you. Yes, I have a podcast, Her Restored Spirit. And um, you, so you can find that on po- all the places that podcasts are heard. Yeah, I just typed it in and it popped right up yeah. and it's yeah. beautiful. I thank you. can't wait to listen to all of the episodes. <laughs> thank you. And um, at Facebook and on Instagram, I'm at Tammy Marie Coaching. That's Tammy, T-A-M-I. And then my website, TammyMarieCoaching.com. And if you go backslash guide, um, there's a few easy steps you can take towards full restoration and and start that healing process and, um, coming in July, which next month, I, I, this is actually the first time I'm talking about it. And I'm really excited is, um, I, I've worked so much with, with women and and a few men to get on that healing journey. But one thing that I've realized is that there's, there's so much purpose in your story. And so I am going to do a, a group program um, for, it'll be starting in July. It'll be open next month, but it's, um, fuel your future and it's, um, finding your purpose in the midst of trials because trials do not end, but there's still so much joy and purpose in them. So I'm excited about that. So if you're interested, get onto my mailing list and I'll, and listen to the podcast and you'll get more information about that. I will put all of those links in the show notes. Thank so everyone you. Everyone can find them. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you.